We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ready? Down! Put, 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 put! This is the Bear Report Podcast. With Zach Pearson, Zach Pearson, and Aaron Lemming, Aaron Lemming, providing extensive coverage of the Chicago Bears. Go Bears! Presented by Blue Wire Pods. And now, here are your hosts, Zach Pearson and Aaron Lemming. Welcome in, Bears fans. Long time no talk. It's another podcast episode here on the Bear Report. We told you when we recorded on Monday night on Halloween that if anything broke on Tuesday, we'd be back with our reaction to trades or anything that the Bears have done ahead of the NFL trade deadline. That's exactly what this is. The Chicago Bears made another move. They did not let anyone go this time. Instead, they traded for an offensive weapon, well, quote-unquote weapon, in Chase Claypool, sending a 2023 second-round pick to the Pittsburgh Steelers, and we should note it is the Bears' second-round pick, not the Baltimore Ravens' second-round pick that they got in the trade for Roquan Smith, which makes it a little more significant. We're going to break that down and give our quick thoughts on Bears and Dolphins as there there is still a game to be played on Sunday. Uh, Before we get into all that, though, i got to welcome back in Aaron Lemming. And Aaron, like I said, man, 24 hours, two podcasts. I think it's the first time we've done this in a long time, but it was was well-deserved because the Bears were making some moves. Well, I feel like we're just getting warmed up for the off season ahead, right? Because I mean, let's be honest, like obviously the trade deadline was crazy. I mean, the dude, the trade deadline, like the NFL trade deadline is always dead. I think I saw Adam Schefter had, had tweeted out something. Um, it was basically like, I think it was like the week of the trade deadline or a week until the trade deadline. Like I think the highest number of moves up until this year had been like 11 or 12 and there was 20 moves total. And I mean, that's just, that's on the level of like the MLB trade deadline, NBA, all that stuff. Like this is just, it's wild to think that there was this amount of moves made. I mean, going back and looking at it and again, I haven't really, cause I, I do this weird thing. I don't know why I just, maybe it makes me feel more involved. I don't know. Maybe I just have OCD. I don't know what the deal is, but I do this thing every year where I do like an off season tracker and like a Google doc. And I track every single thing. Like I track every move, every signing that they make, every cut that they make, every, you know, coaching change, everything like that, down to the date, down to the money, all that stuff, just so I can kind of have an idea every, you know, every year, like what they're doing. I haven't gone back and done it yet, but I feel like this is the most action that we've seen in terms of trades from the Bears 
probably in both of our lifetimes because we're both right around the same age. And I would have to imagine I'd have to go back and obviously I didn't track it back in the nineties or, you know, even the early two thousands, I have to go back and look, but I mean, dude, the bears made, I, let me, I'm going to pull this up as I'm talking here, but the bears made a crazy amount of trades. Not only did they just, you know, not only did they offload some of, you know, some of the guys like Khalil Mack and so on and so forth, but they, you know, they also traded for two different players over the course of the year. And again, this is not just trade deadline. This is just, uh, you know, total. It's just crazy to me. So there's five trades total. So going back, uh, obviously Khalil Mack happened. Then Robert Quinn happened. Uh, what was that? That was last week, right? It's been a long, you know, whatever. Um, uh, a week from tomorrow. So on a week, well, if the, whoever's listening to this, probably a week from today. Yeah. Wednesday. Okay. Recording on Tuesday. <laughs> And then all, they also obviously, you know, traded away Roquan Smith, but then they had the Nikhil Harry trade, um, even though I have Nikhil Harris on here. That's great. Uh, so, yeah, Nikhil Harry and then obviously uh, Chase Claypool today. And it's just crazy to think, like, five trades for an NFL team, that's a lot. I mean, obviously that's not counting draft day trades. That's just talking about, like, player trades. And this is just – overall, man, this is just the most active, uh, you know, offseason slash in season that we've seen for a while and it's even crazier knowing that going into this year the bears had a 65 percent turnover rate in terms of their overall roster and you factor in you know trading robert quinn and roquan smith into that and now you're 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 over 70 percent now i mean 70 percent of this roster right now going into week nine is different than it was uh, week 18, I guess. Yeah, it'd be week 18 from last year. I mean, it's just a crazy amount of changes. And what's wild about it is, is there's going to be even more changes next year because I already started my doc document for next year just to kind of get an idea on like free agents and stuff. The Bears have 27 free agents next year. Granted, I think four of those are exclusive rights guys that will end up coming back. I think there's two restricted free agents. And then I think they have, I think it's uh, 20, I guess, would that be 22, 21, 22, whatever it is, total, uh, you know, unrestricted free agents as well. And there's a few Ryan Pace guys on there as well. It's just crazy. Like this, this roster, when we look at this roster, like when we go into next season, looking at this roster, there's a very good chance that it's going to be 85 to 90% new players and just over two off seasons uh, of Ryan Poles taking this thing over. It's just, it's, you know, this is a rebuild and this is what you get, but crazy, man. Crazy. Yeah. Stuff. I mean, yeah, historically, you know, the NFL trade deadline hasn't been, you know, an active one. Um, you know, there's some moves, but I feel like over the past two years, it's been pretty damn active. I think Kevin Fishbane had a tweet where it was like the last trade deadline day trade for the bears was Dontrell Inman in 2017. I remember that one. Cause I do remember, I'm pretty sure I was at Hallis hall for that one as well. Um, but other than that, man, yeah, there hasn't like really been any monster trades at the trade deadline for this franchise. But like we said last night, you know, Ryan Poles isn't scared to move on from players. And, you know, that was evident with the Roquan Smith. And we got to hear from Ryan Poles again today. Um, right after, you know, dealing with Roquan Smith and then acquiring Chase Claypool. And, you know, it, 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 to me, it came off as they're ready to build around Justin Fields. That's why they added Chase Claypool. Ryan Poles did his homework on this free agent class. Um, I mean, he even said it. He even he was asked about, I think it was Courtney Cronin, friend of the program, asked, um, you know, if, if the free agent class had anything to do with his decision. And he pretty much says, yeah, you know, with, without saying, oh, yeah, this free agent class sucks. I mean, it's a weak free agent class for wide receivers. So, um, 
that's kind of where I'm at with it, you know. And and, and we heard Ryan Poles over the summer talk about Roquan Smith saying he wants to get a deal done. He said he thought Roquan Smith would be here. This tells me they didn't even either they either made him a deal that was the same as the summer, or they didn't make him a deal again. And they've realized, okay, it, it's time to move on. We gotta get what we can for this guy. But kind of flipping over to Claypool, it goes back to my point. They're ushering in the Justin Fields rebuild era. Now, I think the key quote from this had to do with um, Justin Fields and and Ryan Poles pretty much just saying like he likes the way that where Justin Fields is trending, how he's been playing lately. Um, so you go out and you get him a wide receiver that has this season left on his contract. He has next season left on his rookie deal. And to me, um, giving up the second round pick, I think that means you're going to sign him unless Chase Claypool is just god-awful this year and next year. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. I, I, I think that you basically, when you trade a, not even just a second round pick again, because, you know, when this thing was first reported by Field Yates, uh, Albert Breer came out and said, and Albert Breer's on my shit list right now for this. Uh, Albert Breer came out and said that they were giving up the pick that they got from the Ravens. Well, we know that there's a pretty good chance the Ravens are going to be in the playoffs. One, the, a- the AFC North is not very good at all, and the Ravens currently lead. And let's just be honest. I mean, the Ravens are probably the best team in that division. So even if they go out first round, you're still talking a draft pick that's probably going to be in the second round. You're probably talking anywhere from, I'd say, 20 to 24. And, I mean, again, let's just be honest with ourselves. I mean, the Bears are probably still about a six-win team. You know, whether you want to say five, six, seven wins, I think they're right in that, you know, right in that area where they're going to be picking within the top ten. Now, what's going to hurt them is – is that because of their strength of schedule and the way that, and we kind of talked about this last night, the way that draft positioning works, especially in the first round, is the team with the highest strength of schedule will have the lowest selection out of all teams that finish with the same record. So as of like right now, for example, uh, the Bears would be the last, uh, you know, would basically have the last pick of the three and five teams um, versus I think it's the Broncos right now who are picking at like, I want to say six or seven. Um, let me look here. I've actually got it up. Um, so the, sorry, Tampa Bay actually signing in the Broncos. So the, the Tampa Bay would be, they have the worst strength of schedule and they're three and five. And right now they would be picking seventh in the first round. The bears would be at 12. 
Um, I guess technically Green Bay has the highest strength of schedule out of the three and five teams, but let's be honest, I don't think the Packers and Bears are going to finish the same record. That's kind of optimistic to think that. Anyway, so just hypothetically speaking, let's just say everything stays the same. So what would end up happening um, in, in a situation where the Bears had the highest strength of schedule and they're picking 12 uh, in the first round, then when that comes around again, assuming that the Packers don't finish with the same record, the Bears have the highest strength of schedule out of all of the, let's just say, six-win teams, and they would go from the last pick of those teams in the first round to the first pick in the second round of the same teams with the record. So they could conceivably, they could go from having the 12th uh, pick in the first round to the seventh pick in the second round. Well, unfortunately, because they traded away their pick and not the Ravens pick, that means that uh, there's a very good chance in all likelihood that the uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to end up having a top 40 pick. Again, it is what it is. It's the price of doing business. There's been multiple rumors saying that there's been at least one or two teams that offered, uh, you know, offered Pittsburgh a second round pick as well, including Green Bay Packers. So again, it is what it is, but it doesn't come without some sort of risk involved. And again, it's, it's not, it's not a negative because here's the thing. And I know that our our buddy Brad Spielberger kind of tweeted something out on the contrary, what I'm about to say, but the the reality of it is, is we can only grade a trade so much in the moment. Right. So we know that that Chase Claypool if in terms of like his athletic profile is an athletic freak, the guy's big, he's fast. Um, he's a, you know, I think he's going to be a really good fit for this offense, but the reality of it is, is that his best season in the NFL so far has been his rookie year since that point. Uh, second year was pretty good. Um, this year so far has not been very good, but let's be honest. I mean, he had Ben Roethlisberger and basically a dead arm throwing to him last year. And then their quarterback situation has been a dumpster fire this year. Their entire offense has been really their entire team has been. So uh, there needs to be context on that. But again, this isn't some guaranteed number one receiver. Yes. He's got a high profile. Yes. The bears are probably going to end up extending him because you don't give up that high of a pick without it, but it still doesn't come without risk. And I think, in a worst case scenario, I think you're looking at Claypool being a quality number two receiver between that and Darnell Mooney. I, I think you can extend both of those guys, but I think what it also does, and this is something else that's definitely worth mentioning is because you have two, not only do you have two, you know, at worst two number two receivers, you're also going to have to pay those guys right around the same time. I would guess Claypool will probably end up getting paid first just because, you know, they gave up a draft choice for him, so on and so forth. But ultimately, these guys are going to be making right around the same amount of money. I would say anywhere from, I'd say, 16 to $20 million a year. I mean, it's kind of a ballpark right now. But what that does do, and this is something that Ryan Poles confirmed today during his press conference, is what it does do is that it will take them out of the market for, um, you know, one of the, I wouldn't even call him a top-tier receiver, but one of the better receivers in the free agent market, which basically be Alan Lazar, Juju Smith-Schuster, or Jacoby Meyer at this point, because you can't be paying – three receivers over $15 million a year, which again, not a big deal. You got two young receivers that you can build around that you can extend that you don't have to worry about. But I think that it also takes a lot of pressure off the bears to force something within the first two rounds of the draft of receiver. Now, again, they do need another receiver. Um, even if you are high on Bayless Jones jr. Like you need to have at least three proven guys and, you know, one guy with some upside and whatever else. So it'll be interesting. Uh, but this does, 
ultimately give the Bears a lot more flexibility. And as of right now, Clay, you know, uh, Claypool's only on the hook in terms of money. He's only going to be making one and a half million dollars from the Bears next year because that's all his base salary is. Everything else is taken care of. So I mean that 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 will give them some flexibility next year, not only in terms of overall money, even with an extension. But it also gives them some flexibility in terms of overall, you know, not having to force a draft pick within the first two rounds of the draft if they want to go offensive line or defensive line or whatever it is. So I think that's also worth mentioning as well. Yeah, and and looking at this wide receiver core, I mean, going into next year, it's Darnell Mooney. It's Valus Jones going to be here. They're not going to give up on a third-round pick this early. You'll have Chase Claypool. You'll probably have a rookie wide receiver, whether it's a first rounder or a second rounder. And you're probably going to have a veteran, whether that's someone like Nikhil Harry who sticks around um, or maybe you go out and and find a really, really cheap veteran. I I think they'll probably actually keep Harry um, if that's the case. And I mean, that's not really terrible. I mean, that's a, that's a solid core. It's a lot better than what we went into this season. Um, but I want to see a rookie that's an explosive playmaker. You know, I want to see someone that can stretch the field that, that is a a true can develop into a true number one wide receiver for this offense. And and if you get that, if you find that, let's say Claypool plays well, Mooney kind of gets it back on track and then Harry can give you something. I mean, that's not a bad four right there, depending on what Velas Jones wants to do as well. So yeah, I mean, they're building around Justin Fields. Uh, they, these moves signaled that. They, they, they acquired the extra second-round pick in the Roquan Smith deal. They made the trade here to use their for their second-round pick to get Chase Claypool. They want this offense to get better. And listening to Ryan Poles, I think he knows that this offense is getting better, and they're, and they're kind of making some strides. So, you know, the move overall, I, I get it. I understand it. I, I do agree that um, it is a – kind of a steep price to pay i think you know when you talk about the difference between the raven second rounder and the bear second rounder the bear second rounder is probably going to be right there between you know 35 and in 40 ish um where the ravens will be in the 50s somewhere so it's going to be a, a little bit of a difference there so yeah i mean i, I understand it I, I get it um and i'm i'm just excited to kind of see a new look wide receiver core um whether you know Claypool is really good or not. I, I don't know. Um, at least we're going to give it a shot here with this offense and give Justin Fields, you know, potentially another weapon here. Well, let me ask you this too, because I think that there's another level to this trade. Like, obviously we knew that the bears, if anything, were going to be sellers at the deadline, right? I mean, they're in yeah. the middle of a rebuild or the first year of a rebuild and they're trying to get rid of some of the guys that they don't foresee in the future. With that being said, uh, I think, some had hopes that the Bears are going to add a receiver. I don't think anybody really expected the Bears to, add, you know, go out and spend a second round pick and add a guy like Chase Claypool or anything close to that. So, my question to you though is: is if Fields hasn't hadn't played the way that he's played over this last three or four weeks, no, and no, really chance. ascended. Yeah, do you I, think that I know you're going to ask? Hold, yeah, <laughs> and that's that, that's my thing, and I think that that kind of says something about the future or at least how Ryan Poles views Justin Fields. Because let's be honest, man, the biggest key to their success is having the quarterback. If they have the quarterback, everything else can fall in place. It's a lot easier to sink in, as we saw today. It's a lot easier for them to sink in resources around him. So 
you know, I, I, again, I, I guess you already kind of answered the question, but it's like, if, if fields hadn't played the way that he's played over the last three weeks, I, I just, I don't know, man. I, I have a hard time believing that, that Ryan Poles would have made the move that he made today. Yeah, I agree because I mean, he said it today too. He said, we're going to build this thing through the draft and him giving up draft capital. That's important. I think people are, are forgetting, um, that key point. I mean, they gave up a second round pick that's going to be in the 30s to get Chase Claypool. Like he said it from the start when we talked to him in January. We're going to build in the trenches. We're going to build in the draft. He said it again today. They're going to build to the draft. So, yeah, I, I mean, if Joseph Fields in the offense did not look at better over the past couple of weeks, I don't think they'd go out and get Chase Claypool. Like, I think we'd be thinking about, you know, potentially – what are the Bears going to do with this offense moving forward? I'm not saying that they'd probably go after a quarterback in the draft. Um, I wouldn't have ruled that out. But now I feel like you have a little more clarity at least. And let's say Justin Fields is treading like this the rest of the season. You know, you know what you have. I think it would take Justin Fields to absolutely stink and be, you know, really damn bad for any of the narratives to change. Um, I don't see that happening. I think the Bears know, okay, look what we got in him. Um, you know, look what we got in this offense. I mean, he, he, he's he been dropping hints and, and quotes all day when he was on ESPN 1000 today. He said um, his relationship with Luke and his relationship with the wide receivers when praising Justin Fields. So absolutely, man. Like I, I think if, if the Bears didn't, didn't um, look better, especially the offense the past couple of weeks, I don't think they make this move. I, I just think draft capital – is too precious to them to pretty much give up. And that brings you to another point. I mean, look what the Dolphins did. I don't think the Bears are going to be able to do this, but look what the Dolphins did with that Trey Lance trade. They turned that into Tyreek Hill. They turned it into um, Bradley Chubb. And then I think they used the pick to get Jalen Waddle the next year. And if the Bears are sitting there with a top 10 pick and a, or top five pick and a team needs to come and get a quarterback, why not trade back and, and acquire more draft capital? I, I don't know. Like I said last night, man, it, it's – it's going to be exciting. It's going to be really, really exciting to see how Ryan Poles kind of navigates this offseason. It is, and I think that it's going to give us – because I'll be honest, man, up until today, like I had a lot more questions than I did answers in terms of like even trying to – and again, I know it's only you know November 1st as we're recording this, but I mean, let's be honest. Like we can enjoy the Bears season while it lasts over these next 10 weeks, you know, the nine games and 10 weeks with the bye week. But at the same time, I mean, really, I think most people's focus is going to quickly shift towards the offseason. We know the Bears have a lot of money. Uh, we know that the Bears are going to have to be active. We also know that the Bears have, you know, pretty much a full allotment of picks plus some. So that's all a plus. But I think what this does with adding Claypool is it says, okay, we have, again, maybe not true number one, true number two, but, you know, you have one and two. Now you're going to go out and you want to find that third receiver with some upside. It doesn't have to be a first-round pick. It doesn't have to be a second-round pick. I would prefer it to be one of those two, probably a second-round pick at this point, but even a third-round pick. Like, you have to continue to kind of add fuel to the fire and, and continue to build up that group. But what it also does is it leaves – you know, when you're looking in free agency, right? Like I, I started kind of, again, you know, because my, my focus is starting to shift towards the off season as well. I started kind of diving a little bit more into the free agency class. And obviously 
we'll see some other names uh, be added with cuts, you know, due to money or whatever. Um, and then we'll also see some guys kind of fall off the market due to franchise tags. But I mean, just to kind of give you an idea right now, again, this is just some of the, some of the positions that I've kind of charted. So like at receiver, for example, Jacoby Meyer, Alan Lazar, Juju Smith-Schuster, Nicole Hardman, uh, DJ Shark, uh, Olmede, uh, Z- Zacchaeus, those are like your top receivers. So now you're not having to dip into that market, which is nice, right? But then let's look at tight end, just to kind of give you an idea. There's three names there that could be relatively interesting, depending on how you feel about Cole Komet, or maybe you just want another tight end. Dalton Schultz, Mike Jacecki, and uh, Robert Tunyon, right? And then you look at running back again, not saying that they need to add anything at running back. Saquon Barkley, Josh Jacobs, uh, David Montgomery, Tony Pollard, Kareem Hunt, Miles Sanders, Damian Harris, uh, you know, there's some interesting names there as well. And then you look at the offensive line, and I think that this is going to be one of the interesting ones. Orlando Brown, Mike McGlinchey, Caleb McGarry, Jant Conklin, uh, Juwan Taylor, Andre Dillard, George Fant, uh, Elgin Jenkins, uh, Azia Wynn, Nate Davis, who's a really good guard, uh, Dalton Reisner is another one, Ethan Pochich or Pokic or whatever you, the hell you say his name, kind of busted out in Seattle, and then all of a sudden – he goes to the Browns and has looked really good. Uh, so those are kind of some of the names, you know, on the offensive line. And then I, I haven't even really dove in the defensive end yet, um, like edge rusher, but you got Deron Payne, Puna Ford, Dalvin Thompson, um, you know, uh, uh, David Animata, uh, Zach Allen, Ashawn Robinson, Matt Ioannidis. Those are just some of the interior names. So, Again, you start looking at the strengths, and again, this isn't counting linebacker or anything like that because I haven't got that far, but you start looking at some of the quote-unquote strengths of a weak free agent class with a team that's going to have well over $110 million to spend, and that's where you can kind of say, okay, obviously you don't want to build your entire team through free agency. You don't even really want to build a big portion of your team through free agency, but the Bears are going to need talent, and they're going to need to spend money. So. Now that you've taken receiver out, one of the weaker groups in this free agent class, now that you say, hey, we don't need to go out and we don't need to overpay a Jacoby Myers. We don't need to overpay an Alan Lazard. Uh, now you can kind of say, you know, like I said, if they want to add a, a tight end, uh, I think an offensive lineman makes all the sense in the world. I think you need to sign one and draft one high uh, at the very minimum. And then again, defensive line, the same thing between edge rusher, uh, between the defensive, or the defensive tackle, uh, linebacker. There's a multitude of different options outside of extending the bears at the, you know, the guys that the bears are going to want to extend where now things get a little bit more clear. And then by the time you get to the draft, then you're going to have a much clearer idea of what you're going to want to do. Cause like you said, maybe they pick, you know, you know, at five or six. Right. And then they're, they're faced with a, with a choice of, do we go with one of the better defenders? Maybe one of those offensive tackles, like the guy from Penn state, that's 19 years old right now. Maybe he rises a little bit more and he becomes an option. Or if you're sitting there at five and a team that is looking for a quarterback wants to come up and take that second or third quarterback off the board, um, then maybe you have the option to be able to trade back five or seven slots and be able to pick up an extra second. And then a future first, like the there is a lot more opportunity for the bears now and obviously you know things would pan out in free agency regardless but i think by making the deal that they did today yes they lost one of the two picks you know they're basically one of the two picks that they got from the roquan smith deal 
but in return, they get some clarity. And now they have an answer at receiver that once again, Ryan Pohl said that he wasn't overly comfortable with going into the off season, needing answers at wide receiver, um, you know, in the free agency class. So again, it, it's one move, obviously we've got to see how it all pans out, but I do think that this provides some more clarity. And I think again, man, the biggest thing like we just talked about is, this is showing a clear vote of confidence in Justin Fields, which quite frankly, if we're being completely honest, uh, if you would have told me that that was going to be the move uh, through the first three weeks of the season with how bad this offense looked and how unsure Justin Fields looked, I would have probably laughed because it did not look like things were trending in the right direction. But it just goes to show that even though the Bears are three and five, even though we know that the Bears are going to be bad, they're not going to finish with a lot of wins. Now you're kind of seeing the development kind of track, right? Because now you're looking at the offensive line and you see maybe Braxton Jones can be, uh, you know, their starting left tackle of the future. We know that Tevin Jenkins is one of their better offensive linemen. Uh, we know that we're seeing development from some of these rookies. We know that we're getting a better idea and clarity on the roster. We also know that the majority of these free agents that they sign are not really panning out. And that is fine because they're going to have a lot of money. They're going to have a lot more resources to work with. So, it's little pieces of the puzzle, kind of like Ryan Pohl said today. There's all these little pieces of the puzzle that you got to figure out. Part of that is weeding out the guys that you know that you're not going to have moving forward. And part of that is adding pieces when you can. And one of those was, was Claypool today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, I'm with you, man. It's all about the future for this, with this roster and this franchise right now. Um, before we get too much into the future, though, we should probably wrap things up by giving some quick thoughts on this week's game. Miami Dolphins coming to town, Soldier Field, for the showdown on Sunday afternoon. And we'll kind of wrap things up by going with our X Factor in our prediction. I'll go first. Um, I, I think Miami's going to win. I think um, it's going to be something like 38 to to. 27 Miami. Um, I just think their offense is too much. I don't know who's going to guard Tyreek Hill. I don't know who's going to guard Jonathan Waddle. I don't know how they're going to slow down um, Tua Tagovailoa. It could get ugly out there. So I don't know, man. It, I, I think the Dolphins aren't going to win. I think it, it, for the Bears, the X factor, their defense is going to have to find a way to get pressure on Tua. If they could do that, they have a shot at winning. I just don't think they can do it. I mean, I, we've seen the Bears struggle to get pressure week after week after week. Even when Robert Quinn was here, we didn't see it. So, yeah, if they can get pressure, they got a shot. I just don't think they're going to get pressure. I think it's going to be a long day again for this defense. No, no, that makes sense. Uh, did you want to give a score prediction? Too? Oh, yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. no, yeah. I thought <laughs> I gave one. I thought I, uh, I, I said like 38 to 27. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. No, I, I, I'm right there with you. I think it's going to be a relatively high scoring game. It's funny because when you look at like 
I, I actually feel like Miami has a more explosive of the offenses between them and what we saw with Dallas last week. And obviously Dallas hung 49 points on the bears. And I don't know that that'll happen again. Um, but I think the big difference here um, for the bears is the fact that, you know, Miami has not been running the ball. Well, they're averaging less than 90 yards, uh, you know, rushing per game. But again, man, the biggest, the biggest key. And obviously I, I think the clear X factor here is, how the hell are the Bears going to cover this passing attack, man? I mean, Mike Giusecki hasn't even really been much of a factor at tight end. He's had his moments, but for the most part, I mean, they got Tyree Kill, who's leading the league in receiving right now, and Jalen Waddle, who's fourth in the league in receiving. And I'll be honest, again, man, I watched a pretty good amount of the Dolphins this year. I have not been remotely impressed with a lot of what Tua's done. Uh, I think his ball placement is still off. I think his overall anticipation uh, is still not great. But the reality of it is, man, is their receiving core is so good that none of it seems to matter. If he gets the ball remotely, remotely in the direction of either one of those guys, it's just it's it's a whole different ball game. So I think that that's going to be the X factor because I think again I think that the Bears are going to be able to they should be able to move the ball. If they can move the ball on the New England defense and they can move the ball on Dallas's defense then they should be able to move the ball um, score some points against Miami. But again, the big factor is going to come down to how are the bears going to stop the passing attack? And kind of like you pointed out, if they can't get any pressure on Tua, it's going to be a long, long day. Um, for me, I think I'm going to go, I'll think I'll go, uh, I'll go 35. I think I'll go 35, 24 uh, Miami. Um, I, I feel like it's probably going to end up being, being a little crazier than that. But again, kind of like we talked about last week and maybe we didn't talk about it on the podcast or not last week, yesterday, is the fact that really like there were all the, the narrative here in Dallas is that the, the Cowboys blew the Bears out. And yes, the final score, the you know, final spread was 20 points. But the Bears also kind of followed the same script of what they've done against a lot of teams that have been better than them as they get down early and then they find a way to jump back in. And quite frankly, I feel like had David Montgomery not fumbled that ball and had they gone down and scored, um, I think they would have kept the game close. And I think they'd have had a chance to at least tie it or win it later on. Um, and I think as long as the Bears don't make a ton of mistakes, I think that they can keep it close. But unfortunately, man, I think it's just going to be the same thing that we saw this last week where, you know, kind of the same thing against Minnesota. Um, I just don't know that they're going to have many answers for the passing attack, uh, especially if they can't get pressure on the quarterbacks. So that's why it's just hard for me to take them to win this game. But it should be exciting. So I guess we'll see what happens. Yeah, I think we're kind of in the same boat with with those weapons that the Dolphins have, man. And Tua, I feel like quietly, man, they've been having a fantastic year. I think I saw someone the other day. I think is it? I think Tyreek is on pace to have the first two thousand yard um, season in NFL history. I gotta double check that. Um, I want to say I heard that somewhere that because he's at. Let's see, this season he is at. Pulling it up. Yeah, he's at 961 receiving yards this season through eight games. So it would almost pretty much put him on, yeah, put him on pace to get to 2,000 receiving yards for the first time in NFL history. And like, no one's talking about that. And here's the crazy thing Tua missed what, two games, two and a half games? He'd probably be 1,200 yards, maybe a little more, 1,100 yards at this point. So it could be a long day for the, for the Bears. Uh, <laughs> um, defense out there on Sunday. But Aaron, um, as we always do, close off the show, where can everyone follow you on Twitter and where can everyone read your work at? 
Yeah, you can find me at Aaron Lenning NFL on Twitter, and you can read my work on thebearreport.com. Yes, you can follow the Bear Report on Twitter at just Bear Report. You can follow me on Twitter at Zach Z A C K underscore Pearson. As always, please rate, review, subscribe on all major podcasting platforms. Helps us, helps out the Picks for Polls podcast, all that good stuff. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode of the Bear Report podcast. As the trade deadline is over, so no more breaking news podcasts unless something crazy happens. But until next week, everyone, please stay safe out there. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com